Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Red Sox Deep Dives. Tonight we're going to be talking about starting pitching replacements. Are we going to have to call someone up from the farm? Garrett Richards scuffling a little bit. May there be other reasons as well, just, you know, with general sustainability. We're going to talk about Christian Arroyo. How long-term is his future in Boston uh, beyond this year? Can't seem to stay on the field. And then we'll wrap up talking the AL East, how things are trending, and, you know, what the, the Red Sox are looking like in a division race Job Goddard, Andrew Dwan, back with me for this episode. Are you guys ready? I'm very ready. Let's get after it. So who's the first man up? Somebody goes down. Maybe they need to do a phantom injury for a guy like Richards. Maybe possibly even a guy like uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Who's the first man up? Tanner Houck. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Andrew disagrees My, with me, so Andrew, let, let's hear it. I would no, I would love for it to be Hulk. I don't think he's stretched out enough back from injury. So if they had to call a guy up tomorrow, uh, it's Stephen Gonzalez, who's been great so far this year in Worcester. Two, I mean, he's got the pedigree as a prospect. Think uh, Christian Arroyo, a two-time top 100 prospect guy, fizzled out. But in Worcester this year, in uh, five starts, he's 3-1 and one with a 3.06 ERA in 35 innings pitched. Uh, he's been really good, and he's the guy I've been calling for for a while to take over that uh, multi-inning relief role because obviously we've seen enough of Matt Andrews. Um, he taught Whitlock to change up. Now he can take a nice long vacation. Um, I, I think it would be Steven Gonsalves and – I, I would wish it was Hulk, but I don't think Hulk is quite ready to go five plus innings right now. So, Andrew, tell me a little bit about Steven Gonsalves. I'm going to be honest; I haven't watched the Woo Sox once this year. I, I don't know much about him. What's what's his bread and butter? I mean, he's a lefty starter. He's still in his only his mid twenties. Uh, he's not going to blow you away. He's going to just kind of go after you, but not in a dominant fashion as a, you know, your typical lefty. I, he's just been getting it done. He's bounced around quite a bit. Uh, he's been on the twins. Um, I think he might've had a cup of coffee with, uh, did he go to New York for a second? Or maybe it was just Minnesota this whole time, actually. Um, but it could be a case of one of those guys just figuring it out down the road in, I, I thought we might see him up at some point this year. Uh, I, and I think it might be sooner rather than later if Richards can't figure figure his stuff out with uh, the pitch grip situation. Well, just looking at Gonsalves, I mean, he's only pitched uh, in the majors uh, in 2018, according to baseball reference, 6.57 ERA. That's kind of reminiscent of a guy like mm-hmm. Pavetta. So I mean, I mean, best case you get what maybe a couple decent starts out of him. I mean, this can't be. Oh a... yeah, it's not a long term solution. The long term solution is what Job said. It's Tanner Houck. But until you know, he he's only had what five innings so far. 
since coming back for a moment. I think and six, yeah, six innings. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, one out away from getting out of the uh, fourth inning in his recent rehab start, which is promising. I mean, it sounds like he's just one or two more rehab starts away from getting, uh, you know, back into five-inning form. But um, what about I, – I mentioned Winkowski, and and uh, that doesn't sound like uh, an imminent uh, option – What's his timeline, I guess? Because he could get promoted to the Woo Sox, and then could he be a September call-up, possibly? Or are we looking at 2022? 2022 at the earliest. He's got a lot of developing to do. And quite frankly, I think he's been better than what they expected, even though this is a guy that they targeted heavily. But he was on Toronto, um, so obviously Toronto wasn't going to – you know, trade within the division. We saw how that's been working out for the Yankees so far. And then it was like, all right, well, maybe we can snag him in the rule five, but then they traded him to the Mets. So they, they had to go the roundabout way to get him into the system. And his fastballs up, his stuff is all ticked up this year. He's only 22 years old. And this is his first year above um, high A ball. And he has not been. Uh, overwhelmed. He's been great. I think he had nine strikeouts last night uh, or Wednesday night now. It's awesome. So yeah, put no pressure on the kid. Just let him. Um, just let let him throw. Let him learn. Let him develop. Is there a possibility, Andrew? If we need a spot start, that we go to Garrett Whitlock. <sighs> I think it would be a two inning thing, though. I, I think he would only... give you. You don't think he can give you fifty pitches? That could be two innings. <laughs> uh, I guess that's fair. The I don't know. I pitching staff is going this over. I wouldn't want to push him any. I wouldn't want to pitch, uh, push him above forty inning or forty pitches. He's been so valuable, and this is the one of the most unprecedented Tommy John rehab first year back things we've ever seen. This is a guy. It's not like he was in the majors before. All right, come on back. It's. We have zero leash with you. You have to be up all year long while you recover and learn how to pitch in the majors. And forget triple A, forget double A. You're in the majors. So I I would just leave him be. Maybe Vald uh Phillips Valdez can come up in a couple of days. I think he's eligible again if we did need to go like three or four inning spot starter. See the the thing about these fringe guys, Gonsalves, even Valdez, I mean, this has 2020 written all over it to me. So I just, it'd be nice if we can get some of our higher end depth up. And I was just looking at Tanner Houck again, his fastball sitting at 95, 96 miles an hour, which is extremely encouraging if you're wondering what the condition of his elbow might be in. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's on the verge of a setback and then more uncertainty because Connor Seabold has not been uh, throwing even yet. Has he, he threw a, he threw a 25 pitch bullpen. I want to say it was yesterday. Okay. Uh, All signs came out of that encouraging, but when you're throwing a bullpen, you're still five, six weeks away from being able to, to to be a helpful piece for any rotation. Yeah. So that's uh, September and, and probably not even, he won't, I don't think see the majors this year. 
And, you know, if it is September, the hope is that Chris Sale will be back. So then you have Hauk and then Sale would be there as well. So if you needed a spot start, you'd probably go to Chris Sale if he's not in the rotation. If he is in the rotation, then you won't need a spot start from Seabold at any point unless you lose yeah. two guys. The Red Sox, you can't say do- have dodged injury bullets. They have pushed those injury bullets um, down to the high minors, which sucks because they, they're like one punch away from getting a uh, – free Tommy John surgery from James Andrews at this point. All their high depth has gone down. I mean, you had Hulk go down, you had Seabold go down, you had Thaddeus Ward go down. Um, Brian Motto went down. Like, all these guys were guys that we probably could have seen in Boston in some situation this year. And their arms all just gave out after not pitching for a year, which absolutely sucks. Um, especially Mata. Uh, he was He's going to be a guy that you're going to have to – push up to the 40 Lean on. and that word too. Um, it's, it's been a tough thing. I don't think we ever would have seen the top four in Worcester's rotation all going down. So it's a little bit of a scramble and a homework on the fly. So they don't have a long-term or a permanent solution, semi-permanent solution until how is a hundred percent. So I just want to say this for the listeners, Terry, before you move on, what Andrew said about how it was at minor leagues where they had their issues and we've had a lot of Tommy John surgeries. That's across the league. Just for listeners who haven't been paying attention to across the league, it's not just the Red Sox pitching coaches or, or, you know, throwing program that's causing injuries. It's pretty much across the league. Yeah. And let's also not forget how Kaz pitched in major league games this year and at least one or two. So um, he's been there. I think he's a, a mid to upper rotation guy, so I, I'd love to see it. I, Chris Sale's four weeks out, so Tanner Houck's time frame is, is sooner than that if we want it to be at this point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and we could see that. So, one other uh, angle I want to throw in here there's a, a lot of uncertainty right now with Garrett Richards specifically. So, is there a possibility that the Red Sox go get an arm, a middle of the rotation arm? I'm not talking like super impact guy, but another maybe Martin Perez type guy off of a team that's not really expecting to contend and maybe seeking stability, you know, through that avenue. I don't know. I just really don't see them blowing or passing the threshold mid-season to acquire a guy that you might not end up needing full-time. Um, what's his name in New York said it the best? Cohen. If you're going to blow by the luxury tax, you're not going to go over by a million or two. You're going to go over by like 40 or 50, and that would be the time for the offseason. So I don't think it would be beneficial, especially if you can get Hauk and Sale into that rotation, and then you'll be pushing that guy back that you just passed the threshold for um, out out of it so i think our best hopes lay with um in-house solutions and if we're going to approach that threshold honestly i wanted to be a first baseman at this point yeah i couldn't agree more with andrew i think the chances of us going to get somebody are low uh the, the main reason i think that going to get somebody's low is that there's no guarantee that whoever you go get is not going to be 
as bad as Richards has been. Because Richards has not been brutal, right? He's been serviceable with some brutal outings here and there, but so is Perez. So so is every pitcher uh, on the team. And throughout the league, everyone's dealing with the same sticky situation, right? So if you go get somebody, there's no guarantee that you're going to need him. And if you do need him, there's no guarantee that he can still pitch at that level. Those guys that you know are going to be available – that are actually going to be big improvements, say maybe a Max Scherzer, for example, they're not on our radar, like Andrew said. So no, I, I just don't see that happening. I, I what The scenario wasn't really meant for a, an acquisition like Scherzer, but the, the thing in the back of my mind, and this is a long shot, and I don't think we're going to go this route, but what if Hulk does have a setback? Then you're back in code red. Like, uh-oh. You know, where's the? Where's I don't the think any teams. I don't think any teams built to take that kind of blow. Honestly, I mean that's just one of those things where your backup's backup goes down, and at that point, like you're yeah. just screwed. You got to roll with it. Uh, yeah, I don't think that. Well, first, first is first. I I think this Red Sox team is good. I don't think that they can compete in the playoffs. With when things get lower scoring and tighter, and you face better pitching and much better offenses, I don't know that they can compete for a World Series. So I don't see Heim Bloom going to get another piece that doesn't move the needle. Um, so if Hulk goes down and you have to wait for the next man up, I think you probably throw Philly Valdez in there or uh, Brennan or. You pick somebody up like Yaxel Rios, who's on the roster now, and you tell him we need four innings. And when he's done, if you, if you don't have room for him, you just DFA him and you try the next guy. We've already seen it a little bit in the bullpen. I think you could see that in the starting rotation if you had to, which is unfortunate. But I think that's kind of the way it's going to work. That's that's twenty twenty to me. You know those type those types of guys. But uh, I'm just going to hope that Tanner Houck ends up being a stud and. Sale comes back and Erod figures it out, and we'll we'll go from there. Uh, another area of the team that's kind of uh, I don't know if limbo is the best word for it, but second base right now. I mean, you can plug Marwin in there, but you're not going to get a ton of offense. You could plug Santana in there, Chavis in there. Um, that whole right side of our infield is is just tough right now when it comes to offense and. You had Christian Arroyo hitting a grand slam, the first one of the season, and he's out again with another injury, and that that's the story of his career. And one was it he, he got hit in the hand by a pitch. That's just bad luck. You could even say the collision with Kike Hernandez, the most recent you know injury he's had in the outfield, is also bad luck. But you could wind up not pitching in Boston anymore due to bad luck. So how long-term is his future? Because it was looking like he might be able to force his way onto this roster for I mean, the it depends on. It depends on what that guy named Jeter wearing number two in Worcester does. Um, if he's ready to go and they don't use him as a part of a bigger trade in the offseason, it's probably his job, honestly. Um, if they feel he's ready for it. And Christian Arroyo at that point, no options. Uh, you might see what you can get for him. 
if not, he's your super utility guy that can, you know, in a pinch play shortstop because he is going to be on a lower salary. And then you don't pick up uh, Kike's option at that point. And, you know, he's your guy that just holds down the bench spot. But I don't see his future after this year being an everyday guy, which sucks. But sometimes these guys, you just got to protect and only let them play 66% of the time um, just for their own protection. Hey, we've seen it throughout sports. You, you know, you get this guy that's a phenom but or is really good at one skill, but you can't put him in full-time or else you're not going to have him full-time. Yeah, I think – I agree with Andrew. I think it's pretty clear that whatever Jeter Downs does dictates what the Red Sox will do with Christian Arroyo. To me, my question becomes, can Christian Arroyo play first base? Right? That's, that's the point at which I'm at. I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing uh, injuries and poor offensive production drive us, drive us back down. We know Heim Bloom likes Christian Arroyo. He traded for him twice. Um, there's plenty of talent there. Heim, I don't know if he predicted the Grand Slam, but he saw Christian Arroyo being an impact player for somebody, uh, for one of his teams. So he probably gets a little bit more rope, and I could see him you know, next year or beyond when Jeter Downs is the everyday second baseman. I could see him sliding into a Marwin-type role, You know, the super utility guy who's on the team who, comes up clutch when you need him to um, and play that sort of role. If you have that spot on the roster, I don't see him as your staple second baseman. And to be clear, this is no knock on Arroyo at all. I mean, this guy has been great. It's just shit luck. How often do you get your leg just taken out in center field? He probably shouldn't have went that far out, but that's one of those things you're not really thinking. Um, in the heat of the moment and you get hit on the same on the hand in the same spot, like two games in a row. It's just trash luck. I hope he is open to a bench spot or, you know, it could even be a thing where he's your starting second baseman next year downs forces his way up. And then you move him. I just, I, I love him on the team. I think he's a great leadoff guy. Um, and Cora wanted to bat him lead off the series. He came out and said it. And that was the reason Santana was the last couple nights. Um, but he just hasn't worked out that way. And I hope after he gets a little extended time off here in the coming weeks with the IL stint and then the All-Star game that he's good to go and has no more freak injuries. It's just frustrating because you're you're finally seeing the potential and it's it's at it's at its peak and he's looking like a viable leadoff guy and now he's injured again. It's just, well, this is a guy who you could move if he was healthy. And he's a one more player with only 125 at bats. You, I mean, you can't really just be like, oh, you know, give him 600 at bats. He's a four one player, but I mean, he is a plus. Uh, Maybe plus plus player uh, come when you in a spot you really need him. When, when Mike Lowell came over in, in the Beckett trade in oh five oh six whenever it was, I mean, did anybody foresee him being World Series MVP and then parlaying that into a three year extension? I mean, because that's what I was kind of envisioning for Arroyo—just kind of an unexpected burst of success. 
and then finding a role. And it's impossible to to predict where he could end up right now because, you know, we don't know if JD's opting out and there's so much uncertainty with our infield right now. We know Casas will be playing first base at some point. But um so I just I'm trying to find a way to keep him, but he's not he's not making it easy for for those scenarios to sound realistic. Well, you know, I think he's a guy that if he was healthy right now and and still playing well, they might move on from him anyway. Um for for more depth for a team that's that's going all in for a World Series championship. And if not, you know, if they think that he can be that super utility guy, then he might play, like I said, the Marwin Gonzalez, Pokey Reese, Steve Pierce, whatever the guy is that you want to plug in who plays certain matchups, is good offensively against one type of pitching, or hits one pitch very, very well. In his case, he hits the, the curveball very well. Uh, we've We've seen it. I just don't see him as an everyday second baseman for this team or an everyday player in most places in the big leagues because of his injury history. I just don't know that somebody will give him a shot. This this was his shot. Well, luckily, he's pre-arb this year. So next year, he's only arb one. So his salary is going to be pennies. It's not going to set you back if you're paying $2.5 million to $4 million for a utility guy. That's going great. That might even be below the going rate. So they have him locked down next year. And I think I, – I don't see a scenario where going into next year, he's not on the team. Or at so least going Andrew, into – yeah. Andrew and Terry, quick question. What do you think of his defense? Excellent. It's been fine. Excellent defense. Yeah. No, no qualms. So I, I know that Marlon Gonzalez is our super utility guy. Would you take Arroyo at utility if Jeter Downs is the second baseman over a guy like Marwin, who's like a defensive super next utility year? weapon? Next year. Oh, yeah. No, Marwin, Marwin's not going to be back next year. Yeah, no, so he's like 38 Arroyo, years old anyways. Arroyo sliding into that spot, would you be comfortable with him as like a late oh, yeah. replacement slash pinch hitter? hundred. Yeah, absolutely. I'm and just – extreme pessimist i i just think he's going uh he's just gonna stay on the dl i mean or the injured list i mean is he ever gonna play 100 games in a season probably not for the red sox <laughs> but I, he he might for somebody else and if he plays 75 games but he hits 280 and can spell Jeter Downs when he goes through his slumps because he's a young guy. He's going to go through crazy slumps like we've seen from a, a Dahlbeck or before that Chavis or before that Franchi Cordero. You know, young guys go through ups and downs, and when there's downs and we know that Cora likes to spell guys, I'd be very comfortable slotting Arroyo in for two, three games at a time. And if he's going to play 80 games, that's fine by me. Well, I mean, there'll probably be someone on the farm to call up if he does go on the uh, on the IL. But I just there there just seems like there's going to be quite the logjam in in the infield at least through 2022 anyway. But I very seldom ever correct people because I I misspeak all the time. But Andrew Marwin is only 32 years old. <laughs> 
You said 38. So I thought uh, he was way older than that. I, as did I. I feel he's, like an Al- he's an Albert Pujols 32. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Well, I like that. I thought Jesus, he, he was about 32, 33, but then you said 38. So I'm like, ah, maybe he's like I 35. thought he was 37 going to be like 38. Wow. You started crap. to make me think he was like more like 35, 36. So I'm like, oh, I have he to look at No, somehow. absolutely correct me for that one. He's younger than me? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, he's so. older than me by uh, quite a lot. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> Joe Bruins. Well, I feel uh, horrible about myself right now. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't. I didn't think he was quite that old. But anyway, so uh, we've got a handful of minutes left. Let's just talk about the division right now because I think this Yankee series coming up is very pivotal. We're half a game behind Tampa. I think Tampa, I'm still thinking they're going to win and we could still edge them out in a dogfight. But also, if the Yankees take two out of three here, suddenly they're going to be on our heels again. And I don't, I I question their sustainability. The uh, Blue Jays are five and a half games behind us. They have a lot of flexibility at the trade deadline. They just got George Springer back. So uh, I'm just, and we got a tough schedule coming up. We we don't we don't get to really take a deep breath until at least August or so. So we've got pitching issues all of a sudden. Not a ton of flexibility as far as making acquisitions like some of these other teams. And Tampa has a ton; they can go get anyone they want, really. If you think about it, they, they yeah, always can. Yeah, but they won't. Yeah, but they, they won't. won't. That's the thing. How goofy would Max Scherzer look in a in a Tampa uniform? He looked goofy, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> they they just they already played their ace in the hole. Let's put it that way, right? Wander Franco was their their big chip. Here's our game changer. They went on a six game losing streak. They called him up. They took two of three from us. Quite frankly, we, I would love for them to trade for a Scherzer. Get rid of Vidal Bruhan and like some of the other top prospects. That they Send have them somewhere family. else. A different exactly. Season. Go for it. Um, <laughs> like go all in on this season, so we don't have to watch them for the next ten. But the way that I look at it is, they already played their ace in the hole. The Yankees have, for the first time in a long time, a, a good Gary Sanchez. Toronto's getting back George Springer. Supposedly, we're getting back Chris Sale. Now, if, if all things play out that way. Chris Sale is a bigger X factor than any of those guys. And that's assuming that Wander Franco is still, you know, number one prospect, all that. He's he's not going to be as good for them as Chris Sale is going to be for us down the stretch. It's just not going to happen. So I'll take that. But this episode, by the time this episode comes out, the Yankees could be three games back. The Toronto Blue Jays are playing the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards. Home run friendly ballpark. They're only five and a half out. By the time this episode comes out, they'll probably be four out. Um, and they'll probably sweep the Orioles the way the Orioles are going now. I expect this to now be a, a four team race in the American League East for the next six weeks. And if we can get through July, then we can reconvene and figure out kind of where we stand. Because if you look at the second half of July, it is brutal. That's what we want. Isn't this what we want, though? We don't want a team running away with it. We don't want to run away. Like, this is what makes baseball fun, getting into the thin thick of it all. Absolutely. Just- if you told me if you told me at the beginning of this season that we were going to have 
four teams in it for the American League East, all within a game. The Red Sox were going to have a pulse. I would have told you you're crazy because I thought we were going to win 85 games, but I didn't think we were going to be this competitive. And I also would have told you that absolutely I'll take that, even if you tell me right now that there's no hope that we win playoff series. Right? Because this is what makes the summer interesting. It's what makes what, what we love so compelling. Absolutely, you'll take this 10 times out of 10. At the end of the day, the point I'm making is the div- the division race here is completely open to interpretation. You can make you can make a case for several different teams. Here's the bad news. Here here's the awful news. The Astros and and the A's they're going to win 94 95 plus both of them. One of the wild cards is coming out of the West. So we're all fighting for one wild card here. We're fighting for a division in one wild card. Can we be a top two team? <laughs> I mean, we have 10 games left against the Yankees. We have 10 games left against the Rays. We have six games left against Baltimore. And we have five, uh, I want to say six games left against Toronto, but I could be wrong. It could be double that. Uh, so we, we really have about 35 games left against the division. That's really just going to come down to division record. That's what it's going to come down to, and that's what you hope for. Yeah, you got to get off to a good start in July. The second half is going to be tough. You just have the team you have to worry about is the Yankees. You got to maintain that three and a half game lead. That's what it's all going to come down to because I don't see Cleveland now that Bieber's out for a minute, um, surpassing the Red Sox. They're three games back in the wild card standings. I don't see. I mean, yeah, I guess after that, it's Seattle, and I'm not worried about them. I'm not too worried about Toronto. I It's it's going to be the Sox, it's going to be the Yankees, and it's going to be a battle of attrition and whose pitchers figure it out when it comes down to So, to question, question for the both of you, right? We talk about the second half of the season being absolutely brutal. One month from today – Today is June, as we record this, is Friday, June 25th. We'll be in the middle of a homestand where we have the Yankees for four and Toronto for four. Is that too early to expect Chris Sale? I don't think it's too early. I think it's optimistic. I think that would be at the very forefront of where they would consider bringing him up. Because then you have you have Yankees for four, Toronto for four, and Tampa for three. If you don't go five hundred or better in that stretch, you're going to get left in the dust. So if you need a stopper, we might have to go get Chris Sale. How how many re- rehab starts would would he have? At least three or four. He would have, assuming that he's facing live hitters this week. Assuming next week he's ready for a rehab start, he would have. Three rehab starts, and it would be his his fourth one would be he would have just finished his third rehab start. So it all depends on the innings, how many innings he's going sure. at that point. If he's going four innings, like or four or five in number two and three, because the first one's probably gonna be one or two. Um, they, it might be hard to tell him he can't come up at that point. I mean, we just we have fourteen straight games. Against Toronto and New York, if it's seventeen straight games against the division, that's brutal. If it's four rehab starts, 
you got to give him five more days after that fourth one to to rest. So then rest. we're talking August August second is what we're looking at now. I was thinking twenty five days roughly. So take off five days for each last start. If he only needs three rehab starts, I say it's it's somewhat realistic to expect him to pitch his first game at some point in that eight game stretch. You know, four against. Um, Toronto or maybe well, I was the- just talking about at home because that you know that'd be easiest but we have a 17 game stretch where we face New York on the road Toronto on the road New York at home Toronto at home Tampa on the road okay that's that's a brutal stretch that's and you a- really need your ace yeah that just drives my anxiety way up right now because <laughs> this team is so unsettled in so many ways and the, the other thing we we haven't discussed all night is all these starting pitchers, regardless of who they are, without the sticky stuff, they're mostly five-inning pitchers. I know Pavetta went a little further tonight, but I think that's an anomaly. So I, I think most of them are going five innings, so that's going to tax the bullpen quite a bit. And I'm just really, uh, really nervous, but... But, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate a move for another bullpen arm. I don't. I don't know that Heim Bloom will go get somebody big. Um, but even a marginal improvement on you know a Matt Andres would be really nice because right now you have Phillips Valdez is the next man up in the bullpen, right? We know what he can do. We know what he can't do. It, it'd be nice to have one more go-to guy in the bullpen. I just. And we were hoping that that guy would be a starter that you can, you know, move to the bullpen. We talked about it in spring training. Like, is Evaldi going to be in the bullpen? So maybe, you know, maybe one of those guys goes to the bullpen. But the way they're pitching right now and the injuries that are bound to happen at some point, you know, somebody's going to miss the start here or there. I just feel like one more bullpen arm is on my wish list. Andrew, any final thoughts before we wrap? No, just um, yeah. The sale thing's a thing to monitor. So is Hauk. I The with sale, it's going to come down to how many innings he's throwing and how many pitches per inning. Because uh, I do think that they're going to strongly consider bringing him up, but then limiting him to four innings and piggybacking a Whitlock on there. It just be like, listen, dude, you're you're coming out after sixty pitches. If that's if that's going to be considered his rehab start, at what point does it matter that he's facing minor leaguers as opposed to major leaguers? If it his doesn't, stuff is looking eighty-five to ninety percent of what it used to be. Well, I, I I hope that's the way it plays out, and uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna ease him back in one way or the other. So, um. All right. Well, I guess on that, we will wrap um, next episode Sunday to talk about this Yankee series. Hopefully the Red Sox uh, can keep them at bay. Hopefully when two out of three would be nice and uh, give ourselves a little bit of cushion on uh, uh, second place. If not, maybe even take the division lead back. We're only a half a game out as we record this. So we'll be back, Charlie, Jason, and I on Sunday night to talk about the series. Have a nice weekend. Take care.